The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So this is an odd podcast. Everything about it is odd. The way we're recording it, mm-hmm. where we are, we're in the middle of a shoot right now. We actually have, we've honestly, literally hopped into a car. I'll go ahead and tell you, it's the Golf R, because let's be honest, we went, which one's the quietest? It's the most comfortable and yes. with the most sound deadening. Yes, so we hopped we into the Golf R and are actually still in the middle of the shoot, but we wanted to get a podcast done. I will acknowledge this is also going to be a short one, because again, we're on location, we don't have a bunch of laptops in front of us, so no car debates, <laughs> but we want to to talk a little bit about the shoot because we've already teased it and we have your Facebook questions so expect probably about a half hour today it'll be a little short but we did want to be here with you guys yeah I feel like it's apropos we're sitting in a car to do a car podcast yes. I mean it's okay uh, yeah thanks for being with us guys we're always appreciative of your support and as Todd said it's a little bit shorter but because of the nature of things and a little bit of a time crunch but uh, it's still fun to have this conversation uh, with everybody well but here's the thing that we've also noticed is that we will fully acknowledge that uh, social media is not our friend. We're not great at it. And yet we did have the wherewithal to actually post a Chance uh, was shooting with us. So was Edgar, our other big camera guy, uh, with big L.A. shoot. And Chance actually thought to post on Instagram. I actually thought to post on Twitter and Facebook. And you guys kind of flipped out about what this, <laughs> yeah. what this review is. I mean, these four cars, Golf R, STI, Evo, and, of course, the Focus RS. Well, we're not going to reveal where we ended up, of course. You're going to have to wait for the piece to come out. It will be soon. No pressure on Todd yeah, no here pressure to get on me things done. Yeah, uh-huh. Let's get some editing going. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we're really excited to share with you. Obviously, this is a car that has been really waited for because, mm-hmm. as Todd and I have mm-hmm. spoken about, this car is not necessarily new to our consciousness. It was announced and released a year ago. When we started talking about doing this shoot. Right, right. Yeah. But now people are starting to receive their orders and see their cars. As a matter of fact, on this shoot, we've seen three so far. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. One, on, one driving, another one in a parking garage, and then the owner whose car mm-hmm. we drove. So we're starting to see them around, which means they're in people's hands at this point. So therefore, even more relevant. It's not a, it's coming, it's still being sorted, it's yeah, still yeah. a mystery yeah, yeah, kind of a car. No, it's here. Yeah. We've got the cars. and. And this was a privately owned car that we drove. Thank you, Michael. I've called him out before on the podcast, mm-hmm. and he always smiles because he knows I'm pushing on him. But he uh, he relented, and thankfully he did. <laughs> he uh, he joined us with his car, and we hope he had fun. And well, uh, his his us. thousand mile break in period ended <laughs> while driving to location day one. He came over he the radio and he it. went, "There it is, guys, thousand miles." So that we yay, we can hoon your car. <laughs> yay, we can beat on it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, and and the thing about it was, we talked about it from the moment the RS was was released. We talked about we had to bring the Evo back, and I know we you've beat on me and you beat on me appropriately that we keep I keep coming up with excuses to bring the Evo, but I think even you agreed that for this shoot we had to bring it. I feel like these are the cars that really need the reference to that RS. Yeah, and we could speculate. We could we could put endless amount of cars with the Focus RS. Sure. We could yeah, justify yeah. up one side and down the other. Our European, you know. Brethren, I would say, you know, the European outlets mm-hmm. and European yeah, done journalists, tons of stuff. Yeah, they yeah. have far more hatches available to them, and so they've got, you know, Peugeots and Renaults and all yeah. the stuff that you could put with it. We could go, you know, what is a Focus RS like against a Corvette or whatever it is? But these are all all-wheel drive, though. But these seem very specific, and also because we talk about used cars so much and recommend them to you on this podcast... 
we had to bring the Evo. Mm -hmm. We had mm -hmm. to bring it along and acknowledge it, even though this was actually a press car and it stayed in the fleet, which actually tells you yeah. how beloved it is and how yeah. still relevant. People are still yeah. asking for this car. It's sort of like the Broadway musical Cats. If only people would stop <laughs> buying tickets, it would go away. In this Except case, we don't yes. want this to go away. But I take <laughs> we don't point. want this to go away. Stop buying tickets, and the musical will disappear. <laughs> no. No, no. Uh, so we, we brought it along, and I'm glad we did, because this was cars that can be bought new, they can buy, be bought used. Of course, we could spin it any well, which could, way. You could still go find an Evo right now on a dealership that hasn't been bought. You could be the first owner of an Evo right now. It's not Probably like, could, yeah. it's not like oh, well, three years ago you could buy a new one. <laughs> they're out there still, you know, and they've got the, whatever they're calling the final edition Super Uber, we're really serious this time, it's going away. Right, that car right. exists too. So it's not like it's a car. In spite of the fact that I think we all feel like, and us included, we all feel like, oh, that car they stopped selling two years ago. No, no. No, 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 it still exists. It's just we've all kind of moved on and forgotten about it. And I think that's a little bit sad, especially considering it is such a pioneer in the torque vectoring for that market segment and that price point. And that's what the RS is doing. Mm -hmm. So it felt mm -hmm. very relevant. So I'm glad that we could. You know, you'd still think that, yeah, car manufacturers reference it and build upon what they've done. You mm -hmm. know, they take that in, into consideration. And then, of course, Chance made the joke that all the Evos on the planet, all the stock ones, are only press cars. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> exactly. else is tuned within an inch of its life. You bought an Evo and the so, first thing you did was change it. Yes. How weird is it seeing it on the freeway? That must be a press car because it's not tuned. How yeah. strange. And we had the GSR with the stock wheels, which is a combination yeah. I, I think I think maybe the only one in the world right now. <laughs> it's GSR here. stock wheels. Yeah. It's here. So yeah, what a fun shoot. Thank you for responding on social media. It's It's been a long time coming. We've been wanting mm -hmm. to get into this mm -hmm. for a long time. But we knew we had to do it right. As we're talking about, we had to put the right cars and really yeah. Yeah. you know, bring the right recipe for, these, for this comparison. Well, and we, we started to get really teased about it because, you know, we, we pulled three press cars. Three out of these four cars were press cars. The only one that wasn't a press car was the Focus RS. Right. And we just right. weren't able to get that one booked. But we landed and went to pick up two of these press cars. And while picking up two of them, a Focus RS pulls up for mm -hmm. a different journalist to right. get in. So right. we went, well, wait, wait, wait. And then we drove from there to Matt Ferris podcasting studio yep. where Matt had his Focus RS <laughs> right. parked outside the studio. So we, for a minute there, had our whole shoot. But, you know, Matt's already tuning his. He's already got an exhaust on it. And it still wasn't the one we were shooting with. So it was good to have Michael join us and, and hoon all those cars around. One of our favorite locations in California. It's going to look great, too, because it was blazing hot. Yeah. But it's going to look great. I mean, that is something that doesn't translate on cameras, how hot the days were yeah. shooting this. Yeah. But it does mean that we were able to actually drive, I feel like, a little quicker than we could before because we could rely on the tire <laughs> temperatures. I mean, you kept that's getting out of cars and thinking, feeling. hey, those tires are really sticky right now. They yeah, we noticed. Really Sticky. As you hammered by, we noticed, yes. And all four cars were wearing different tires, so that was a good comparison, mm -hmm. even though every single car drove differently. I mean, this just well, proves what we talk about, seat to seat. They all drove yeah. so differently. Yeah. So I mean, tires and then the dynamics of each were so different. Well, you and I were talking about the fact that here's four cars, all roughly $40,000, all all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all right around roughly 300 horsepower or so. So you would think these are similar. And yet those four-wheel drive drivetrains, all four of them are different. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Weight distribution, you know, the way the car the puts way they power move down. power around. Absolutely. You know, turbos are, you'd think the turbos act a certain way, but some manufacturers 
you know, still very light switchy. Yeah. And other yeah, manufacturers, yeah, yeah. it's very progressive and smooth. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I was just marveling through the whole shoot, you know, the technology that we all have kind of taken for granted and how it feels mm -hmm. as a progression throughout the years. And uh, here we are. You know, it's it's kind of scary to think with as good as these cars are now, <laughs> we got to keep going up. And, yeah. you know, manufacturers are listening. Be, yeah, there'll be more changes and they'll get better from here, which is nuts. We gotta keep, I totally agree. keep improving, keep getting better. So it's just that kind of thought is is encouraging and fun and, and uh, you know, kind of scary all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, we aren't going to do a car debate this time uh, just based on time and tech, but uh, we did want to cover some Facebook questions. Luckily, we can pull those up on our phones and talk those through. We won't get to all of them, of course, but we are going to get to some. Uh, what was the first one you liked? Hmm. <laughs> the very first one that we've got here is Jed. Jed Suriano asks, how many miles do you keep your cars for? And when is it time to start thinking about replacing your car? When are you bored and how big's your budget? Well, yeah, that's a part of that's a part of it, to be honest. This is the disease. Why do we trade cars? Because we're interested in something else. Something new comes along just in line with what we're talking about about these cars. My grandfather kept cars until they were about 20,000 miles old. And he yeah. just considered them rust buckets at that point. <laughs> the rest of us are going, I, that's practically brand new yeah. i'll take that off your yeah, hands yeah. but uh he always had that you know throughout his life and cars were that way mm -hmm. back then but now we've got you know the point where miles don't matter anymore and yeah. it's just it's kind of to the point where as you said can you afford the next thing can yeah. you turn it in and get yourself something fun well i mean this is the disease we're all struggling with i mean the, the fact is i think if we all had enough garage space and money we wouldn't ever get rid of a car we like we just would keep adding new ones mm -hmm. we like mm -hmm. you know and and obviously we're all joking about the fact that paul went and bought another cayman but i mean the reality was you know, the big struggle that, that we talked through was you can get rid of a car you still like because you want a new experience um the cayman gts by the way in paul's defense is a slightly new experience from his prior cayman but uh but but that's the thing i mean <laughs> I, I would have kept my 300ZX if money and space were no mm -hmm. object. You'd I like would have, that car. I would have moved on. Sure. And there are cars I like better. Sure. But just the, the history and the enjoyment I had of that car and knowing how it was treated and what was going on with it, I would have kept it, sure. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the struggle. Uh, you know, if, if you have the means, I mean, we know, we know some people that honestly trade cars about every six months. Great if you can. But, you know, yeah, wow. what, what are the repercussions wow. of that as far as just all of the costs and, you know, the new registration and that kind of madness? Um, yeah, that, I think that's the bigger discussion. And I, I feel like there's programmed in all of us, there's this thing of I should keep a car until I'm really done with it or it's really bad. I've really squeezed the last drop yeah, not, of my own enjoyment out of it. Not necessarily. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Hmm. Well, good thing for us, because that means we get to keep recommending cars for you on the podcast. Because <laughs> if you didn't get bored of your cars, we'd be out of a go, job. Go buy a new one, Jed. <laughs> exactly. Let us tell you what to get. Exactly well, right. Julian wrote a cool one that, uh, well, it's not a great one, but uh, it made me think back to something hor horrific that actually happened on this shoot. Oh, yeah. He asked about any issues during our shoot, specifically if we had any cars break down or accidents. Uh, this shoot was interesting because we kind of had a bit of both. Our first day was unbelievably hot. Oh my god. And the STI, yeah. after a couple of fast runs, 
started discharging some of its coolant and being really unhappy right, about how hot it was. Right. So we realized we had to start stopping that car and just giving it a minute. And because that was actually the problem is just because we were moving quick, we'd gotten we'd done a pass, parked it, and then all of a sudden we're like, wait, we can't do that anymore. So we had to start stopping it and giving it, you know, a little <laughs> bit of time to cool off because it was right. just and everything was so hot. I mean, gear was hot to the touch and everything. It was kind of nuts. You like think we were burning ourselves? Exactly. Ooh, shooting ow, on the surface of the sun. Hot. Yeah, exactly. Sheesh. It was quite nuts. But so we had that happen. But so it didn't really break. It just had some issues when it got too hot. Uh, but then second day, we're commuting across Los Angeles, which is not ever part of the shoot for obvious reasons. And I was in this owner's RS commuting, and and Chance, our photographer, was, was driving along behind me in the STI. And we got to one place where, and of course it's stop and go traffic, but this woman in a, in a minivan in front of me, she did a hard stop. And I couldn't see around anyway, but she did a hard stop. Man. And so I did a hard stop, but I kind of modulated my hard stop so I didn't do a, a full nose dive because I wanted right. to give Chance as much, much room as possible. Right. Well, now Chance is doing a hard stop behind me, and then I hear that sound you don't want to hear, which is that terrible lock-up squeal. And I look up in my rearview mirror, and I can see smoke billowing up behind Chance, and I realize it's not Chance. And then I see a light darting back and forth behind him. There's an old beat-down Toyota Corolla oh, behind gosh. Chance that is barreling down on him and already squealing back and forth in the lane at the last moment and what chance said was when she did this all he could now see was windshield he couldn't even see car anymore oh, she was this close oh my gosh. she ducked left into the shoulder nearly hit like the the guardrail uh concrete uh fence there she ducked left barely got around chance into the shoulder and came to a stop not hitting him talk about a shoot ender because if she would have hit chance chance would have probably hit me and i may have hit the van in front of me oh because she was barreling and that was frighteningly close and how awful to have not only dinged a press car but then a private owner car in the middle and killed the shoot that was the closest we've ever come and it was it was downright spooky i mean by the time we got to location chance was still a little on edge understandably by the way because she got frighteningly close oh my gosh and i just heard this come over the radio yeah i was a few car lengths ahead of you guys yeah on the freeway and just hearing you know sort of the aftermath conversation going mm -hmm. what what just happened well this massive slowdown i was already yeah, in yeah. it and you guys were behind me so yeah. oh i didn't oh, i didn't tell you this but i was actually on the phone with my wife and she could hear the squealing through the oh, phone. Oh, you're kidding oh, me. Yeah, it oh, was awful. Gosh. I mean, I was on the phone with her, and once I realized I was going to get stopped in time, my eyes were up to see the, the smoke behind me, and she could hear me respond, and, you know, she could hear it over the phone. She's like, are you guys all right? And I was like, yeah, we're okay, but just barely. I mean, I wish I had some sort of way of wrapping this up with a nice bow. No, I mean, there's the no good nice thing bow. is nobody was hurt, No, nothing was damaged, which is great, mm -hmm. but the traffic, it just creates... L.A. is one giant cruise. I've, I've come to the <laughs> realization everybody's just cruising even though the traffic opens up and finally you're past the whatever and you can start moving mm -hmm. again everybody's still just cruising mm -hmm. and I think everybody's distracted because of the traffic and the problems that exacerbates yeah. the boredom in our cars and so well, I don't yeah. know if she was texting or not. That's the thing. Hopefully I would wonder not. if she was doing uh, but, anything but driving. There's no way to know. But let's hope, you know, hope she wasn't. But I wonder if she was doing anything but driving because clearly she had one of those, I had no idea everybody was stopping and I'm stopping way too late moments. Um, I don't know if that is an endorsement or another uh, indictment on the Toyota Corolla and its mere existence. But uh, yeah, there it was. It Old stopped Corolla. itself it got, it, on one it, hand. It didn't hit us. That is key. That is key. Um, hmm. I mean, well... We'll, we'll yep. keep going. Yes. Less commentary on the Corolla, right? Keep going. Yes. All right. 
Uh, what else? Uh, I, I have to ask you. this question. Ken asked, is Todd really going to dump that pristine Cayman when his M2 comes available? Uh, this is Todd speaking. I don't own a Cayman. Paul does. Uh, <laughs> I might dump a Cayman for an M2. Who knows? I can, I'm known to be a little bit uh, illogical at times. But uh, what Paul's going to do with his M2, I don't know yet. Uh, but he, you've still got it on order, though, right? You haven't killed the order. I do. And uh, the thought uh, kind of, well... The thought crossed my mind, and I introduced this as a concept to everybody, so I'll run it by you guys, too. Okay. I've heard rumors of this CS, the M2 CS, or oh, CSL, sure. yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, the more lightweight, even more hardcore version. Why not? It's not been announced at this point. Well, but we know that but BMW is going to make they? every possible yes. variation anyway. They'll, you know what? They'll make yes. the M3 CSL... Uh, GTR too, and it'll have a stupid wing, and it'll have probably purple wheels because the orange ones are already on and the we'll version. And we'll all want it desperately. And it'll be 120 grand for some unknown reason. Well, yeah. It'll have I don't know, you know, some strange, uh, you know, <laughs> something strange about it, something unique, strange. <laughs> but what Un about unicorn water ingestion? Something <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. Water what's going ingestion. On. I love it. You throw buckets of water at it. I don't know. No. Well, you know, the thought is well. I love the Cayman. I'm, as you have seen from the video, my mm -hmm. buyer's remorse is completely <laughs> gone. I need to uh, to get home so we can keep driving that thing. But, uh, you know, the thought crossed my mind, what if by the time the M2 comes about and the dealership says, finally, you've when got you've a build actually, slot, yeah, when what do you really want? Got one. Yeah. Because yeah. at this point, it's merely a deposit. Uh -huh. It's merely a deposit. It could go one way or the other. Yep. And so I say, yes, keep the Cayman for now because I don't know what the future holds. And I don't know. And that was based on their of their ability to deliver the car. Mm -hmm. If they come mm -hmm. back and say, yeah, yeah. BMW has kind of done told this us they're and done that for now. Yeah, or whatever. and they can't deliver the car, they'll just simply give me my money back yeah. and I'm I'm back to square one. So, But, but you brought up a great factor Cayman. when you finally decided to go with the Cayman is, you know, because we were talking about S2000 and other kind of temp cars to we were. the gap. Yeah, but we were. Once you realized that you really had no idea when you would get that build slot and it was probably looking like at least 18 months away, that's a long time. Right. You know, right. and that's at least for us in Utah, it's at least two good driving seasons. So that makes yeah. you think, okay, you know, I mean, <laughs> let's put, put it another way. way. The number of times that you and I talk to people about getting into a two-year lease, that's right. almost the number amount of time you're talking about here. By the right. time you really get a build slot and you know when that car will be delivered, I, you know, I think we don't know yet. Obviously, the Cayman is awesome. I'm really excited about that M2 Cayman video that we made. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we got to get an M2 press car so we could actually get that in a can because that's going to be a really cool piece and it's interesting kind of beginning discussion point. We joked that whole time that we accidentally had your garage on camera. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking did. forward to that. We did. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows if the value of that car will go begin to go back up. I don't know. That's not why mm -hmm, I bought it mm -hmm. and not the point. But you realize it is the last of the flat six Caymans yeah. as we know yeah. them. And it's the GTS version of it. Mm -hmm. It didn't really occur to me when I was pursuing it. I just knew I loved Caymans, Porsches, sure, sure. blah. And then here came the 718 Cayman. So mm -hmm. who knows? Once those hit the market, that could you know affect the car. Or maybe it doesn't. Who cares? Yeah. But it's still a Well, it's not car. the reason you bought it. But no, it may be an no, offset, offset of that. I see that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Ah, scrolling through our phones here and looking at things. Uh, what else? Uh, Car you reviewed that uh, either has most disappointed you or most surprised you. I'm going to go into the surprised category. We had that shoot we did a few years back that was the uh, the Audi A3, the CLA, and the Accord Coupe uh, with the oh, sure. six-speed. Sure, right. And I have to say, you know, I liked the Accord prior, but short of some frankly terrible tires on that car because they were you know all season eco let's get you gas mileage tires which is never good for enthusiast driving no, but that accord no. 
that showed itself so well in that shoot. And you know, Honda's always made really good six speeds. Mm-hmm. I came away. I that was one of those cars. I expected it to be solid, but once I drove it on that comparison, I just kept thinking, "This is a great car. It's such a, a kind of an enthusiast sleeper car." I was very impressed with it. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. I uh, I'm thinking about 4C Alpha 4C just because it amped things up even more than I thought it would. Mm, it it mm. became a little exotic in all of our minds. Yeah, definitely. I think. Definitely. And, you know, of course, to be expected going in, it was a lot, it, pretty exciting car, but that did not disappoint. Um, I think probably also is the Abart that mm-hmm. we could talk about as a, wow, I could really yeah. consider this yeah. having in my life, the 500 Abart, and how snorty and fun and ridiculous you feel but you're having fun. That's a great and point. And it's fun it's to chuck their corners. Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here well, I, I mean, am that's... talking all Fiat and Alpha. And yeah, that's interesting. All yeah, that. you've gone, I don't you've know gone where that strangely Italian. But, but you bring up an interesting point about that car specifically because I, you know, we, we've given plenty of love to the Fiesta ST uh, on this podcast and elsewhere because it's it's great. It's a class leader there. And they're $14,000 <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Now you have if, no if, excuse. If those prices make a turn back up, I'd be so angry at us for advertising <laughs> that reality. But right. but here's the thing. That, that Fiat 500 would be genuinely on my considered buying list because I know the fun factor. I know the Fiesta's better dynamically. But the fun factor, right. the personality right. of that 500 Abarth is so huge, so boisterous, that you just kind of want to love it. And that is really cool. I mean, you feel like you're driving a little milk truck that's really fast. <laughs> a very angry, snorty milk and truck. You know, that yeah. real throaty, yeah. snorty thing. And you think, okay, you can say whatever you want about me driving this car, but I'm the one having fun over here, so sure. blah. Sure. You know, and yeah. and that's, I think, one of the most surprising cars that we've driven. And, that's a good uh, one. That's a good one. Anyway, what else? What else? Oh, uh, I could talk about the uh, the guilty pleasure car oh, briefly. Okay, all right. What I've rented have? so many cars, and I've talked about this in the podcast before. Yeah. It's the Soul, Soul for the win. Yeah, Kia you, you Soul, really like baby. Kia Soul. I, yeah. I don't know why either. Yeah, maybe it's because I redline it at every stoplight, and then it really scampers. <laughs> you can really get <laughs> after please, it. Please, please stop beating on me. I'll go <laughs> fast as I can. Yeah, I mean, I picked you guys up. We had all kinds of gear we and did. stuff. No and... one has ever put more people in gear in a Kia Soul no. than when we first got picked up for the shoot and didn't have our press cars yet. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't intentionally play clown car, but you know, it kind of. But we accidentally did. Yeah, because Chance is every bit as big as we are and yeah. so you see these three guys piling out with gear, gear. and <laughs> actually there's a there's a random thing about when we travel we have uh, we have a lot of hard gear long hard gear that we carry right and we carry right. it in a rifle case mm-hmm. and we learned pretty early on it's a big pelican rifle case we learned pretty early on uh baggage claim folks don't like that case they just they see they that shy case, away from it they see that case yeah. and they start holding it close and asking for ids so we have covered this case in all these labels that say camera equipment not a weapon and slowly people are starting to actually read the case you know because <laughs> the words matter yeah it's exactly but we still end up with the tsa slips inside but but we do label it because it has helped in, in airports because some of the airports are just they see that case and the, their hackles go up we've got to talk about vince canastraro's question who asks us what's the slowest car you have driven that you've really liked okay and i see what he's okay. asking here i mean yeah. there could yeah. be a variety of things but i'll just kick things off with the frs brz <laughs> i had a feeling you were gonna it, go there it lets me down yeah. at the flat torque curve every time I'm like here we go no 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 come on go 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 come yeah. on baby yeah yeah and i just i want it to be faster mm-hmm. and it just isn't but then when you start holding your speed and we're we're really cruising yeah. and we're yeah yeah 
you know, especially after you put those Michelins on, yeah, then it just Super came to life. And then that uh, that unequal length header. I mean, I know there's other ways to do it. But that's how we did it with our friends at FT86 Speed Factory. Did that unequal length header, mm-hmm. which we still need to do a tune. We've got a shoot we're talking about doing for a couple of different ways to tune that car next. We'll talk about mm-hmm. doing that shoot coming up. So there's a tease on that, but. That did help that flatness and the torque curve, but it's still not a powerful car. No. It just isn't. But I have to, to go along that same line, and I have to say an NA Miata. I mean, I'm a, sure, I'm a bobblehead. Sure. I'm, a, I'm a dog with his head you're, out the window in that car. You're sticking your head above just, the windshield frame. Yeah, I am far too big for that car, <laughs> and it is, it is, there's nothing about that car that is quick. In fact, the FRS is a supercar by comparison. Just two cars on a hill, NA Miata, mm. FRS, FRS is gone. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and you practically want, to, as you say, you want to get out and paddle in, in the NA Miata, but yet it doesn't matter. Seriously, that car is just engaging once you get it going, and it is it is. I mean, it's minivan. Minivans are passing you slow. Absolutely. I've got to add the CRZ to the list, Vince, because you know I when I that. think back to the track days, Todd and I have gone to, and you look around the paddock there, mm-hmm. and all the the typical cars are checked out. Everybody's gone for the heavy Jags yeah, yeah, and yeah. the fast yeah, Lexuses. Yeah. Lexi, excuse me. And, uh, you know, all the hot stuff that's already out on track. And then you look around and see what's left. That's always been the forlorn car sitting there. And I've jumped mm-hmm. in it and loved it. It's slow, yet engaging, and it's got personality somehow. Yeah, it's a much better car to drive than you would ever think, actually. Yeah, really I is. when we had it for our review, that was really cool. And again, Honda does six speeds really well. Not a fast car, but a very genuinely fun car, for sure. Yeah, that's sure. that's been the surprise for me a lot. And we've talked about that a bunch, but... I understand. It's my understanding they're going away. The CRZ as a mm-hmm. model is going away. Yeah, well, I mean, it never is, was a big seller. I mean, you'd think because the CRX was huge in the 90s yeah, and the but 80s. It's I, I huge. Mean, we've talked before about the fact that, you know, hybrids are a specific market. And, you know, the CR the CRX was just this little car that enthusiasts bought and people looking for just a random little car bought. The CRZ is kind of a car without a market segment, you know? It's the people that want a full-on hybrid. Yeah. It's not hybrid and an economy car enough. The people that want a small little sports car, it's not quite sports car enough. It's stuck in the middle, which makes it kind of a, a car with no market, and which is too bad because it's actually yeah. a really good car. But well, I'm not, I, was, I was surprised, actually, that it hung on as long as it did. Well, now, so are Volkswagen diesels. I mean, I talk about a car without a market now. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a car without a federal approval. That's a different problem. There's plenty of market. It's just now we're now we're stinking up the place, and we got to get new federal approvals. That's the issue there. Nice, nice. Plenty of people want to buy them. They just can't now. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right, all right. Moving on here. What else? Uh, scrolling through. Uh, Somebody asked you about your top three go-to whiskeys. I, I can't speak to that oh, at all. Yes. So while we're at it, let's talk about your top three watches. And I'll just sit here and be silent. <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty much the way to shut me up. Well, we could definitely do that. The top three whiskeys, Bryce, are uh, a new one that I discovered from Chattanooga, the Tennessee Chattanooga Distillery. The, uh, what's 1816 or 1812, something like that. It's really blah, smooth. Blah, 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 blah. Abalor. I like um, the Texas whiskey, Balcones. I know you do. Balcones whiskey. Texas. You go on and on about it. Blue yes. corn whiskey. Those are probably my tops right now. Anyway, back to cars. I yeah, can talk okay. about cars. Uh, Ooh, watches. You asked me about watches. <laughs> I did. You and you and Matt Farah got into this separate watch we conversation. We were on the Smoking Tire podcast, and I, I swear <laughs> I nearly fell into a coma real quickly. Although I, I, he had a funny story, because his dad bought a brand new Rolex yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. I mean, treated himself and everything, mm-hmm. and then, you know, some kid later on, you know, recently. 
looked at his wrist and said, "Hey, a vintage Rolex. Cool, that's really cool." Watch. Yeah. It's like I bought this brand new kid. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> exactly. Sheesh. Exactly. Christopher wrote in and said, uh, "So hypothetical, would you rather question? Uh, would you rather have a, a rental car Prius or a shifter cart if you were forced to have one car for your daily commute out of those two? And having just fought our way across Los Angeles, as much as I despise the Prius." It does fine in traffic. That's that's <sighs> it, that is its that is its home court advantage right there. Eighty nine percent of me says shifter cart, but in a, <laughs> in a situation like this with traffic, shifter cart. The Prius has. Can you air imagine a shifter cart in traffic? I just because have about four flags on each four corners. You would with, have to have four you know, flags. waving in the wind all the time. Like, and they're about twenty feet tall, so the truckers can see you. You have to be sending out like a like a signal <laughs> in all directions too, like just a horn that's constantly on. Exactly. But we did discover the benefits of the shifter cart. You could pull under the tractor trailer of the semi and just mm -hmm. kind of hang out there and buzz that's, along. If you need shade, you pull underneath the tractor trailers. I and mean, the rocks flying could in you, your face are a problem. Could you split a lane there? It's almost narrow enough to split a lane. You could. Yeah. If you get some speed, just you know. <laughs> Thread the needle. Thread the needle. Constantly threading the needle. Well, we kept seeing all the the bikers yeah. splitting the lanes here in traffic, and I, you know, it's it's weird because on one level you're jealous of them because they're getting past you, and on another level you're just thinking, mm -hmm. I don't want a bike in L.A. No, they're, no, they're, you're been just there, done that. you're just one half asleep person away from getting tagged. It's true. It's true. Back to the ugly Prius, the brand new one. Oh, oh, because of all the other really pretty Priuses. However, I do have to <laughs> acknowledge. I do have to acknowledge, though. Yeah, the, yeah. Come on, that's never happened. Have you? You remember the first gen? The first gen. The second gen was a beauty queen compared to the totally. first gen Prius. Totally. But what's crazy is the first gen was this weird bulbous rounded off thing. Now they've gone so angular, they've gone every bit as ugly the other direction. Yeah. The new one's horrific. Yeah. I mean, the worst body kit you've seen on any tune Honda or anything looks better than this car. The giant intakes, it looks like it's been in an accident, front and rear, and then released out into public. It's like they crashed the car and molded that and made a copy. Somebody went, yeah, that's fine. Let's just, let's we'll just go, go with, with that. that. Ugh, it's awful. It's awful. It's hilarious when Chance and I were at the auto show and he saw that, walked around the corner and saw the back of the new Prius and went, well, good luck watching that in traffic. Yeah, Have exactly. Fun with Get that. used to that. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, Eric asked, am I planning to keep my FRS uh, long enough for my son to drive it? Well, first off, that is 10 years away. Uh, I, th there's two answers to this. Honestly, if I had that money problem we were talking about earlier where I had money and place to store cars, I'd just keep that car. Yeah, And right, down the line, right. I'd give it to him. Sure, why not? But we're talking 10 years away, and money and space to store cars are really an object. I will be a little bit surprised if I have the ability to keep it for that long. Now, having said that, 10 years from now, would I buy my son a used one? Possibly. Because, mm -hmm, I mean, again, mm -hmm. it's it's... It's like the Miatas that we talk about for, for teenage drivers. It's slow enough to not really get you into too much trouble. And the balance of both those Miatas and those FRS and those kind of things, you can learn about driving from it. But it would be cool to have, hey, he, he would have memories of the car. We could keep the car. He could drive it. That'd be awesome. I just don't know if over the next decade I've got either the money or the storage space to keep that car around. We'll see. We'll see. Clearly, we need to build our own garage, don't yes, we? Yes, clearly, we, we need, need the to, everyday driver warehouse we, space. We need sure, why not? It's just money. It's gonna be. It's gonna happen next week. We actually break ground next week. I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is all our extra news. cash. We just we broke ground. We're building a Floating huge place. Along. Yeah, of course. Sheesh. The Bentleys are coming after that. They're gonna be the oh, first good. ones in the garage. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. A car you be... wouldn't be caught dead in. Yeah. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the first thing you think of when you think of me is that guy likes a luxury car. That's <laughs> right. That's practically my T-shirt. Man, is that Bentley? 
evidently got a raw driving experience to it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right, Jeremy, you've got this funny question that I don't think anybody's ever asked us, and that's about fuel. Can you call yourself a gearhead if you fail to buy premium fuel and put it in your car? I suppose if you have an SUV that doesn't require it, if you've got a family truck or mm -hmm. the truck store or whatever, and you've got an SUV that doesn't require it, I, I mean, on the other hand, I put premium in the Jeep, so I'm of course you do. not one to No talk. one is surprised that you put premium in I the Jeep. I wouldn't hold that against anybody if you didn't, but in your sports car, and especially if you don't put the required fuel in the car, if you yeah. try to just save money and you've got a car that requires 91 or higher, that means fail as a gearhead. No, Absolutely. I agree with that. If, if you're putting in less than it asks for, that's that's all bad. But, you know, there are some performance cars out there. And, I, and there's one I heard about recently. Somebody was asking me about it recently, and I forget. I'm sorry that I forget which car it was. But somebody was talking about how uh, the car is rated at this on 87, but it's this on 91. I'm sorry. Mm. If there's two power ratings and, and you're and you're a car person, you want don't you want everything the car can give you? Let's put 91 in it. Right. Come right. on. Right. Right. Uh, Andres is uh, sending his pet peeves to us here as oh, well. Oh, there are many. Yes, we we've been in L.A. this weekend. There have been many oh examples gosh. of pet peeves. We did that L.A. thing that I that I almost forgot about until I got here. It's funny when you and I come back oh, here. Right. We drop back into this is how you drive in L.A. traffic mode, and one of the ones that is the secret trick of driving in L.A. traffic is. The right lane is the fast lane. Strangely enough, it it's, is. You start getting into traffic, and the right lane is the open lane. And left lane is bogging down first, and right lane is bogging down last. You can get all the way over to the right lane and pass this huge chunk of traffic. Not, By the way, not by speeding. While everybody else slows mm -hmm. down, you slid to the right lane, passed all of them at right. freeway speed, and then tucked back over. It's the weirdest phenomenon. It happens all the time in L.A. <laughs> I think we spent half our commute time in the right lane going faster than other people. It's so strange. I mean, obviously, when it gets clogged with people coming on and on and it's done, off period. the off-ramps yeah. there. But if there's not, yeah, that's the place to go. That's your go-to place. Um, I want to. I've got one other one, and then uh, you've got another one. Otherwise, we can wrap it up. But uh, Justin asked about the new Grand Sport on the C7. He said, "Is it worth going 15 grand up to the Z06?" Look, I will acknowledge we haven't driven the uh, the Z06 uh, C7. We haven't driven the Grand Sport. It's obviously just about five minutes old at this point. But I will say this: on the C6, the Grand Sport was the place to be. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, sorry, it's the best example I can think of. It's kind of like what Porsche does with the GTS. Mm -hmm. They make the yeah. base models, they make the high up models, and they make the GTS in the middle, which is kind of how you'd want to spec up the base models. That's what the, the Grand Sport really is. It's got that Z06 look about it. It's significantly cheaper. It's still got plenty of power. Mm -hmm. I, sure, sure. I feel like if you're going to really track it, go Z06, it's worth reaching for. If you're not really going to track it, I, I hate seeing a Z06 driving around randomly running errands. That kind of makes me sad for that car. Right, right. So if you're not going to be a guy that's really going to go use that Z06, I would say Grand Sport is the sweet spot. It was great on the C6, and the C7 base is good enough. I mean, that Grand Sport's going to be awesome. Greg Scannelbury asking about defining luxury, or is it performance, is it comfort, is it quality? What defines luxury for us? It's just whatever fits underneath the term Lexify. Oh, that's yeah, that's all right. it is. Just whatever whatever that's whatever the fits underneath the term, term of lexifying. There it you is. go. It there is. you go. Comfortable. <laughs> uh, that is something that we search for. But I will say it's a well bought car. It means you didn't pay MSRP for a fairly high priced car and you got a good deal on it. That's got to be up there on your list as well. But luxury is, of course, materials and the way it makes you feel. I mean, if it, I guess you know, if it makes you happy and it's a well built, very nice car. Yeah. It's a luxury car. It's I, a privilege um, to drive that. 
you know, obviously we, we go back and forth and tease each other, but I'm known for, you know, liking the more raw, hardcore car anyway. But I would say having Anything driven... built out of Tinker Toys. Exactly. Hey, it goes really quickly, but body panels may fly off. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Let's do I'm that. I'm still going. However, I didn't need that part. Here we go. <laughs> Clearly, it wasn't vital. Let's keep driving. Uh, nothing's fallen off yet. We're fine. Um, but, awesome. but I would actually say, you know, just this weekend, it was funny to drive that Evo again and drive it oh. in all conditions because we had to drive it across yeah. L.A. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the heat. Yeah, and that is that car is loud enough in GSR form to make me realize the FRS is quieter, that which is kind so of nuts. Funny. But I would say, for me personally, because I like a raw car. I mean, look at the cars I like. Come on, I like the FRS. I like the Lotus Elise. These are cars that nobody is ever thinking about. That's a luxury automobile. Never happened once. But for me personally, what I would like is enough sound deadening to cut out drone mm -hmm. in the normal freeway driving mm -hmm. and a good heating and air conditioning system. Yeah. Those two things, I mean, obviously, I want the vitals. I want good steering, good seats, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about luxury items. I want good heating, good cooling, enough sound deadening that I am not constantly hearing drone of the tires on the road. And yeah, I'd like Bluetooth. You give me those three things, I'm set. It's got to be up there with tech. And interestingly, car manufacturers are playing with this constantly now because of the sound deadening. So they're piping in the sound into the interior because some cars are so quiet because yeah. you can't hear yeah, it anymore yeah, yeah. because mm -hmm. it's so refined and so mm -hmm. well built and damped you know all those kinds of things so they're obviously going back and forth but you know this this volkswagen the golf r this is this has a luxury feel to it to be oh, absolutely. honest absolutely yeah it feels comfortable and quiet and it still gets after it and you know there's other cars that are yeah the evo was not a luxurious well, but, place to be. You know, what was interesting, I, I brought this up in the review, and we'll talk about it further there, but what was interesting about these four cars we just shot is that the truth is all four of them are based on economy cars. Well, at, true. At their, at their source. But, true. But having said that, if you were to go look at the economy base version of any of the four of them, the base Golf would feel by far the most luxurious. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, you spec them all up, and guess what happens? The Evo feels the least luxurious, and the Golf R feels the most. Yep. It's all about the bones they started with as far as luxury is concerned, because so much yep. of the running gear has been changed. But the, just the, the base experience of sitting in there, what is the interior like? They can only work with what they had. Yeah, and it is materials because I am a guy who pushes on the instrument panel. Yes, I, I do yes, push you on are. things. You are absolutely that because I want to know what it's made out of. Mm -hmm. Is it fake? Is it real? Is it real metal? Is it real wood? Real carbon fiber? I touch things all over. I mean, we leave fingerprints all over the inside. Well, and we have conversations where you're like, "Look at how they molded this seam," and I'm like, "Okay, wait." back that sentence up. What now? <laughs> Look how they I molded the seam. I just, I, yeah. I mean, you can tell molding is cheaper. If it's actually stitched, they put money, time. I mean, back to Porsche, they stitch everything Stop. and paint your air vents for you and you can spend they don't money. they don't paint your air vents for you you could you could pay them extra yeah, to have a man extra. stand there with a vent <laughs> this is someone's job by the way <laughs> to stand there with a vent in your he probably has a gloved hand and standing there with a lovingly vent so. laying in his palm while he carefully sprays your body color on your vent you've got to be kidding me of course he does and you've they got to be kidding me a premium for it of so course they do so therefore well bought if somebody else has paid for that extra from the factory and you 
you get it just included, then uh, fine. I'm all about it. Uh, I, I am going to desperately say we must stop this podcast. <laughs> Obviously, this is a shorter one than normal, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, we would appreciate it if you would rate and share it. Uh, of course, we are doing stuff on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We hit a 1,000 interval on mm-hmm. any of those, uh, and we actually are going to give some stuff away, so we'd love to have you on any and all of those. We're posting slightly different things, all the Kittens places. Kittens and puppies and flat screen yes, TVs. We're, yes, and all of packs, the above. Right? Uh, jet, jet packs are coming. Yes, yep, clearly. So. The Everyday Driver Jet Pack. The, the embroidery on that is awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's right on a little patch on the side. It has awesome. the American flag and then the Everyday Driver logo underneath. It's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's bound to end well. The Very. insurance on those is going to kill us, but otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be a great giveaway. Uh, so patriotic. Uh, well, Sean Young from Laps Incorporated has told us there are more than 20 of you signed up for the August 22nd Chicago yes. Track Day. This is so exciting. We're looking forward to seeing you all there. If you haven't signed up, go to the everydaydriver.com adventures tab and you'll see the Chicago Track Day, as I said, August 22, a mm-hmm, Monday. Mm-hmm. And then look at the uh, pilgrimage adventure that we are going on. We're going. That is uh, being announced. That it, We are going. There's slots left. We want you with us. Consider it. And Todd and I talk, it, talk about it in terms of full track days, the three or four day track experience. Yeah. This is right in about that sweet spot. Yeah, if you go do like a three day track experience somewhere, it's pretty much the same as it is going to Belgium and Germany with us. So I, I don't know. We're just saying. We're just putting it out there. See which way you'd like to go. And uh, we do have more videos coming, though. I want to remind you that this weekend, next week, we are taking off. And in case you now have put it together, that's because... A, I'm on vacation, and then B, I'm desperately editing this four-car piece to make our next video. So that is the next one up. I promise you guys I'll work on it fast. Yep, yep. So, yeah, much-deserved, well-deserved vacation, but then back to the madness because we know everybody is stomping their feet madly after teasing them with all the social media Chance has been putting out there. But, you know, in the middle of this shoot, I mean, I'm excited with what we've had so far and where we're headed. It's going to be awesome. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please join us on the trips. More information and uh, write to us with your own car debate on the website, EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. And as always, Facebook for the, uh, the snacky type questions. So thank you for those. In the meantime, thank you guys. Take care.